things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Grace and peace, grace and peace, everyone. Welcome back to an episode of All Things Theology. We're on your host, K-Dub, and today we're going to respond to Isaiah Saldivar. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm taking the Isaiah Saldivar challenge, but before we do that, y'all know the drill. If you're watching right now, like the video, share it out, subscribe to the channel. If you like the kind of content, hit the notification bell so you'll be aware when I drop content. Yes, so today, yes, like I said, we're going to be dropping responding to the Isaiah Saldivar challenge. He, uh, matter of fact, let me, let's get into it a little. He posted this on Facebook and he provides 25 counter arguments. And what you're going to see is they're not counter arguments. They're just counter questions. <laughs> a counter argument is when you provide a, a, you know, response to something, not just ask a question. So, I mean, that's an argument. I mean, there could be argumentation in question. Okay, I get it. But they're not arguments. They're just 25 questions to those who say Christians can't have demons and deliverance is not for today. So we'll respond to that. But before we do that, I want to just say there are many, there's been many abuses in the uh, healing industry. (laughs) I'll call it that. Uh, let Let me just start off by saying I do believe God still heals today. I've received healing. I've known many people in my church to receive healing, many Christians. The issue I have with many of these people is that God is kind of obligated to uh, heal you based on your faith level as some kind of deliverance ministry, uh, right? If you have enough faith, you can be healed. Well, I want to throw a bone right back at them and ask Isaiah Salvador, does he have a demon? Right? I mean, look at this picture. It's the eyeglass demon, right? The the vision demon, right? I mean, one has to ask Isaiah Salvador, does he need me to cast the demon out of him for um, his sight, right? We're going to see why that's actually going to be relevant to one of his questions a little later on. But I thought that was ironic. Never trust a faith healer with glasses. I made that response yesterday. That's something I've been saying for years. Never trust a faith healer who wears glasses, right? Um, very ironic. Now, once, now, someone may say, well, what about Apostle Paul? He, he had six, well, he didn't go around claiming the same theology that, you know, if you have enough faith, then you'll be healed. There's the difference. Paul submitted to suffering. He submitted to God's will, unlike many of these deliverance ministries. Um, Oh, good, good. Glad he likes it. Glad the two-year-old love it. See, look, this is a show for young and old alike. Young in the faith, young in age, old in age, older in the faith. So, hey, hopefully this will be something that you all love and actually uh, learn from. I want this to be a very informative show. We'll have a lot of scriptures. And so we need to get started and get into that. So, yeah, let's let's talk about this first point. Right. Oh, wait, hold on. Not that. Not that. Sorry. This first point here. So he starts off right. Twenty-five counter arguments, which I've already said is is not. There's no. There's no argumentation. It's just twenty-five counter questions. If you've seen the post, uh, he said to those who say Christians can't have demons 
and deliverance is not for today. Well, I want to actually respond to this, <laughs> the first part, right? Feel free to share. No need to credit me. Oh, okay, thank you. I can share it. All right, I can respond to it as well. Um, Isaiah Sald- Saldivar equates demons and deliverance. We're going to see that clearly. Now, he distinguishes in this question, but he's going to he's going to conflate them later on in his questions. Right. Let me move so I can see the comments. I want to see you guys comments. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see you guys comments. So. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Where's that? OK, so let's get to the first question. Why don't we? Here is the first question of Isaiah Saldivar. The first question is, if deliverance is not necessary, notice, notice the, notice the, oh, wait, wait, before I do that, before I, I, I have, I, I have a logical uh, question exercise that I want to have us engage in first. And you guys, hey, you guys know how I do here. What do I always tell you? Think about it. Think about it, right? I want to engage in a logical question because uh, a logical exercise rather because questions don't come from neutrality i am very convinced as that as a and as an apologist as someone who interacts with unbelievers that questions are not neutral right questions come from a framework a philosophical uh, uh you know idea ideology people have you know, position. So I want to engage in a logical exercise first. Sorry, I meant to do this first. If I said to you, speaking mainly to men here, or you know, I'll I'll, I'll make it men and female. If I said, hey, which which eye, which eye did you uh make black of your your spouse? Right? Which eye did you cause to be a black eye to your spouse? How would you respond? Right? What's the presupposition in that question? What's the assumption I'm making in that question? Hey, guys, you know how I do. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. This isn't a very tough one, right? You probably were. You probably would respond to something like this. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> that probably would be your logical response. <laughs> um, but how would you respond to that? Well... Um, someone said, I want Kate up to twist the ends of his mustache and laugh maniac- maniacally. <laughs> you would say, I didn't make an eye black, right? Right. The assumption in that question is that you punched your spouse in the eye, right? That would be the assumption in the question. And it would be an absurd question, right? That's one of the, it would be an absurd question to answer, um, I sixteen eight nine but said said she fell in the left one. <laughs> Just said the you guys. Oh wow, maybe some of you guys are. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. What are you? What's your location? <laughs> maybe some of you are. Then uh, you know, you know, you know what? We'll, we'll work on the counseling. But for everyone else, we would say, I wouldn't answer the question. I would, I would actually address the presupposition in the question, saying, Hey, I did not. I did not hit my wife, right? I did not hit my spouse. So your question, your question assumes I I already have, and you're asking me which which I, right? That's the right. That's sorry. I was trying to get us in a little 
mental, logical exercise before we start answering these questions. And I'll bring that same framework up later because that's a lot of the um, questions that um, Isaiah asked. They are question begging. They are, you know, leading you to a certain conclusion based on the questioning provided. So I just wanted to uh, have us think <laughs> logically about that. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe um, some of us, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll continue on. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, if deliverance is not necessary any longer, where did all the demons go? Notice the equivocation that deliverance is being equated with casting out demons. I want to point that out first. He says, they were there when Jesus was around. Did they leave when all the apostles died? So notice this is supposed to be a counter argument or proof that people can get demons or Christians can get demons is because, well, if you say Christians can't get demons, then that means all the dis demons disappear. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is that true? That that also also assumes um, everyone in the world is Christian, which they are not. And that assumes that Satan cannot um, have influence, evil influence without indwelling someone. We'll we'll piggyback up on that later. But. The, all the question does is, is begging. It's, it's not actually proof. Of. Christians getting demons, right? Let's go to our second question. The second question is, you believe we should obey what Jesus told the disciples to, except for when it comes to casting out demons. What else should we not obey that Jesus clearly said to do? Well, again, this is question begging as well. Because, or I would ask, I would ask, when did Jesus ever command the apostles to uh cast out demons remember that's supposed to be the proof what's the first one 25 counter arguments to those who say christians can't have demons that's what he's trying to prove and i'm going to refer back to that uh, original post over and over because he does not provide uh, proof of that just assertions so when I, this question actually needs clarification when did jesus ever tell the apostles or jesus disciples to cast out demons out of christians so the onus is on him to prove this point right because i would argue they never were told this right yeah exactly absolutely sean we're really going to hear to the doctrines of the apostles. None of them recommended casting out demons. The common the common theme in scripture is to resist demons, resist the devil, not go around trying to find them to cast them out. But that's another point. So let's go to our next question. Oh, wait. Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28 to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Did he mean everything but casting out demons again? Where did Jesus, again, this is assuming a conclusion. Where did Jesus ever say, uh, cast demons out of Christians? That's what he's trying to prove. Remember, I, I'm not adding to this argument. 
25 regulars say Christians can't have demons. Yeah, Satan is not omnipresent or uh, omnipotent. Absolutely. So how does this... You know what? You know, here's what we do. Let's go to Matthew 28. Maybe it's... Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it says something about, um, you know, casting out demons that I just might have missed. Uh, let's see. Let's... Let me uh, make myself a little smaller so you guys can see. All right, so generally people were referring to, you know, Jesus giving them all authority. We saw him at where some dotted, Jesus said, all authority in heaven. And all earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, Trinity right there. Teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to, uh, to the end of the age. Uh, I mean, so I don't see anything about so you have to really show from all the gospels where Jesus, um, you know, show where Jesus commanded Christians to uh, cast out demons out of Christians. You, you want to know something ironic? You said, so now, nah, brother, you read Matthew 28, right? Okay. Just making sure, brother Joseph. I just got, you know, I'm glad, thankful for your confirmation on that. You want to know something funny? It's always people who think, who think Christians can have demons. But they never think they can have a demon, <laughs> right? I want to ask Isaiah, what demon does he have? Since he's always saying other people, other these all these Christians can have demons. What demon does he have currently? Right? Since he's claiming we can have demons. Okay, what demon do you have then? Maybe the demon of, I can have a demon, demon. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Where, let's make sure I have, uh, yeah, yep, yep, I answered that. <laughs> right. Oh, I got a demon, demon. <laughs> Where does the Bible say demons leave when someone gets saved? Remember, this is the, <laughs> sorry, I got to gotta interact with the 2020 demon, right? Yeah, good point, yeah. Y you ever notice that? They, they never talk about the demons they have. It's always, y'all got demons and I need to cast them out. Yeah, This is a good marketing skill. You know, if you ever done marketing, uh, you have to tell people about the, about the problem they have. And guess what? Now I got the cure. And guess what? Now you become the uh, the guru or something like that. You know, Sparuski lady says three decades in Satanism. Jesus leaving me completely. Isaiah's office nut. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Thankful that you escaped paganism, Satanism. And the Lord has delivered you from from that. Praise God. <laughs> someone says I, I look like Juan K-Dub <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious <laughs> I gotta laugh at that one alright <laughs> enough of the foolishness so let's not for the silly games where does the bible say demons leave when someone gets saved well again it's actually up it, the onus is up on to you to prove the positive case that you're trying to present remember this is supposed to be 25 counter arguments not 25 counter questions. You have to demonstrate how a Christian can, uh, you know, be saved and have a demon. But just for good old Isaiah's sake, you know, I, I try to be a gentleman. Um, I try to be very, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll prove it. I'll, I'll prove that we do not have 
uh, a demon and the spirit of God in us. Okay. All right. Here's just one verse. And we'll go through multiple verses throughout this podcast and demonstrate this. It says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I want to answer, how does this actually fit into uh, Isaiah's paradigm where you actually have, I guess you're in Christ and in Satan as well. Oh, I I didn't know that could happen. But you know what? I'll provide more clarity on this. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 as well, says, Little children, you are from God. Wow, it's literally like God's seed, right? We're we're of Christ's seed. Galatians speaks about, right? We're seed of God, right? We've been adopted by the Father. You are little children. You are from God and have overcome them. Who's the them? It's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. False spirits. Hmm. How have we overcome them, yet they are in us? That's a question I want to know. But notice the reason why we have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he was in the world. Well, if that's Satan, that's not true, <laughs> right? Who is it? he who is in the world? That's clearly a reference to Satan. But if this is Satan in us, this makes no sense. This verse makes no sense at all. Yes, I, I second most excellent Theophilus. With a name like that, you have to obey his command. <laughs> Great peace. Hit the like button or, or, hold on, wait, 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 wait. If I make you feel some type of way If you think a demon in you way Right? (laughs) Yeah Christ is in us God is in us We have overcome the world Amen Um Someone said Who's the guy that sounds like Chris? (laughs) Hey, man, I grew up mustache. You guys treat like I'm a new whole guy. Same guy, same guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we'll go through. We'll go through more text as well. I got. I got a plethora of text I want to go through. <laughs> right, right. The Harris say right. <laughs> I got a plethora of text I want to go to to dem- to demonstrate this case. That a Christian, you cannot have the demon in you, the spirit of Satan, and the spirit of God in you as well. That is that is lunacy. That is crazy. I can't believe there are people teaching this stuff. But we will, first time here, I'm already loving this chat and channel. Everyone, give a round of applause. Give a round of applause for We are grateful you're here. We hope you stick around. We hope you stick around. Charlie Charlie Casas is in the building. Demons high in a person's soul. Once a person accepts Christ, they must be baptized in the spirit and fire. Jesus spoke. What happened? That process makes demons tremble and flee. Found nowhere in scripture. All right, we'll move on. Um... Let's see. Ah, yes. This one's this one's interesting. If Christians can't have demons, how can they have a sickness? Which the Bible makes clear comes from a demon. Well, I reject that. The Bible does not make that clear. Matter of fact, the Bible makes a distinction between sickness and demons. Let me pull this verse up. Pull this verse up for you. Notice what it says. Mark 1, 34. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Kai Ekhalo. 
right? He cast them out, many demons. He healed them. Notice this. Notice the distinction. He healed those who were sick and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him, right? Notice there's a distinction between those the, the, to the sick. I, I mean, you know, technically you can be sick and have a demon, right? <laughs> I'm not uh, stating stating you can't, but there's a distinction. Is he really going to say that when the Apostle Paul was was sick? I mean, the Apostle Paul had bad, poor vision. Kind of like Isaiah. <laughs> um, is he going to say the Apostle Paul had a demon? Timothy, when he had a stomach issue, had a demon in him? The Bible makes no dis no uh, reference to if you are sick, you have a demon in you. And what you need to do is cast the demon out. No. Notice that's not what the Apostle Paul did to Timothy when he had a stomach issue. Drink a little wine, Paul. Timothy, you'll be okay. <laughs> right? He didn't even need a he didn't even heal him. But here's here's the issue with like the charismatic movement. Is everything's a demon. Right? You get a little sick, you got that COVID demon. You know, you get a little flu, got the cope, the flu demon, you know, sinus, sinus demon. Everything is a demon, <laughs> right? But the Bible never distinguishes these things as demons. Sickness is a demon. Now, why, how does sickness come into the world? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, standard beer case. Yeah, wines cast out demons. Hmm. Right. Um. We got nearly 70 watching, 28 likes. Get those likes up, y'all. Get the likes up. Get the likes up. Yeah, um, I was going somewhere with that. Um, see, sometimes I just get so <laughs> enthralled in the moment. Uh, but yeah, they, they state that every, everything's a demon, right? Everything's a demon, man. I, I, I really think the charismatic movement has has done real damage to demonology, right? I, I, I am a, a, I am convinced demons exist, right? I, I am uh, lean, lean more cessationist, but I, I don't deny the supernatural. <laughs> demons are prowling around. We'll get more to that later. There's a demonic influence, but everything ain't the devil's fault. <laughs> the devil didn't make you do everything, right? Every, here's my, the devil made you do it. No, you wanted to go have fornication with that woman, with that man. And guess what? The result is this child now. The devil didn't make you do that. Your own flesh is the problem. We're gonna we're gonna dive deeper into that. Because that's that is my concern in the in the many charismatic circles is that everything's the devil's fault. Now we shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices. That's literally what the Bible says. But we don't have you you cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices and yet not blame Satan for everything. Satan in some churches, Satan's under every pew, right? <laughs> Right, he's under every pew. He's doing everything. He's been the sound. He's in the soundboard. He's in the microphone. He's in the bad preaching. Right, Satan's in everything. No, your pastor just didn't study. No, you guys just got cheap cables. That's why it ain't working. <laughs> you know, oh, sorry. It, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't have to be a a Satan satanic answer for everything. I bind Satan. No, you don't. You can't bind Satan. You can't do that. Anyways, oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. All right. Question number six. Remember, we we're answering. We we're taking the Isaiah Saldivar challenge. If Christians, um, if Christians can't have demons, what is the point of casting out demons? 
wouldn't you just get sa people saved and the demons automatically leave? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. One. And two, not every unbeliever even has a demon. Not in that way. Now, are they under the influence of Satan? Absolutely. Ephesians 2, 2. We'll bring that up later. Absolutely. Right. Um, people are under the 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 spell so to speak and i don't mean that in the i mean that under the the influence right they are the seed of satan they are his demons <laughs> ultimately speaking unbelievers are satan's children <laughs> what did what did jesus say to the uh children of abraham sorry let me get my eyes out of there because i looked a little weird <laughs> right they they are the seed of the serpent right you don't you don't you don't have to you know um you know hold on i'm looking for a a specific uh something yeah you don't you don't have to get people to you know sin they already want to right they already, they already want to sin and so Yes, when an um, when if so for example, so if a Christian so sorry if a person had a demon and they got saved yes they would not have a demon in them anymore matter of fact let's bring up a relevant text remember I want to get a lot of scripture for you guys to this issue because I see this as an issue that is plaguing the body of Christ and I want to respond so Christians get tempted by the flesh and no longer get attacked by Satan. That's not what I'm saying, J. Mont. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they don't get indwelt by Satan. <laughs> of course we get attacked by Satan. Satan is literally trying to destroy the work of Christians, of, of ultimately of God. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been out doing open, pre, open air preaching. I've done abortion ministry. And I believe in those moments, I've actually encountered people with demons. Demonic activity while the gospel is going forth, people are having the most demonic rage I've ever seen. And not just demonic, I mean demonic energy. Like where I look at them, look at them, I'm like, you should be tired, right? You should be exhausted. And I believe these people are fueled with demonic energy to attack the preaching of the gospel. So I'm not saying Satan doesn't exist. He's not attacking others. I'm saying he just not, does not undwell and live inside of a believer. I believe the Bible makes that clear. So, yes, yes, demons attack Christians in various ways, but not not through living inside them. Right. Uh, Matthew 12, uh, I believe, makes that clear. Um, Jesus speaks about the strong man. Right. Jesus speaks about the strong man. Um, oh, boy, where where is that verse? I know it's in Matthew 2, is it 34, 34, no, ah, I had it up, but let me, uh, sorry, 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 uh, sorry, Matthew 25 is, no, wait, no, no, it's not Matthew 25, see, man, y'all, y'all got me off track. Um, maybe somebody can find it for me. <laughs> okay, it's it's in Mark three, it's in Luke eleven. 
Okay, Matthew twelve twenty nine. Sorry, 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 guys, for the unprofessionalism. Um, let me bring this up again. Matthew twelve twenty nine. Notice what Jesus says. How can someone remember this in the this is in the context of Jesus casting out demons? <laughs> okay. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his goods, his house, right? Jesus is actually talking about demons. De Jesus has to clean the house before he he um enters it, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I liked when someone I, I posted this on onto Twitter earlier today, and someone said, "Hey, no, a Christian can't have a demon because." Um, Jesus has residency there, right? He, he that it's it's full occupancy. And guess what? You're not kicking the spirit of God out. Demons aren't strong enough to, right? And so that is my position: is that um, no, you cannot have a demon. So, members, questions? Yeah. So we answered that one. All right, we'll go on to the next. Um, we'll go on to the next. He says, why did Philip cast out demons in Acts 8 after they heeded his message? Shouldn't he have just led everyone to Christ and their demons would automatically leave? Well, this is again, this is just assuming his conclusion. Um, I mean, why did. Why didn't. Well, first of all, <laughs> the text. The text goes on to talk. I, I believe this is actually a launch pad in Acts 8. If you remember Acts 8, what you have there is uh, Simon. Remember Simon the Magician? You have Simon the Magician. And um, I believe what's going on in I, Acts 8 is they're using this case. The apostles, right? Luke, right? Who writes uh, Acts is using this to show uh, the larger point, which is Simon, right? And his desire for the gifts without being converted, right? And he wants to purchase the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, so that's interesting. Um, next question. Do you know any legit, legit, legitimate deliverance ministers that actually believe Christians can't have demons? I think he means can have demons. No, I don't. That's <laughs> the <So> next question. <laughs> um, can you show one verse in all the Bible that says a Christian can't have a demon? And then he says, without using these two texts. Yeah, well, I mean, I just believe I showed a couple. Um, see what else we got in the uh, playlist. Yeah, I believe those verses are fitting. Well, so First uh, John four four, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. We have the mind of Christ. When a demon, th think about this, guys. When a demon possesses you, biblically speaking, they have control over your mind. They have control over your mind, right? So how can it be said we have the mind of Christ and a demon of Christ or a demon in our mind, the mind of a demon? You're, you're actually, uh, what do you call it? Uh, torn between two principalities, <laughs> right? This, uh, uh, the Christ and the demon. That makes no sense. Next question. We're on chapter, we're on question 10. Paul says, if you have anger, you give place to the devil. 
Where does the devil go if you give him a place? <laughs> well, this this question is this question is funny because let's see where is that at? Uh, it's in Ephesians four twenty seven. It says, um, "So is this the demon of anger?" I guess um, that's pretty interesting. It says, "Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down your anger and give no opportunity to the devil." Notice it says no opportunity to the devil for in the opportunity to the devil is by sinning, doing the will of Satan rather than the will of God. And there are other ways we can do this as well. Um, let the thief no longer steal. Right. No corrupt talk. And ultimately it comes down to grieving the Holy Spirit. Right. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Right. Does it does he not realize he is begging his question? Absolutely. I, I tried to give a logical in the beginning. Uh, some of you, some of you guys might like uh, just the uh, exercise I give in showing the question begging fallacy, right? It's a question begging fallacy. Most of these questions are question begging fallacies. But again, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that was that question. If Christians can't have demons, how did Satan fill Ananias' heart after being filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts four? See, now I'll I'll grant this. This is a good question to ask. It's not a counter-argument, but it's just a counter-question. This is a good question. Let's go to Acts chapter 5. Let's go to Acts chapter 5 and read. Read. Um, so right after they lied about stealing the money. Again, notice what it's talking about. They, they lied to the Holy Spirit. Right. And where is it at? Uh, right. You have not lied to men, but to God. Oh, yes. Peter, verse 3. And Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? Right. So he had lied about the, the money he had receiving. I read a good commentary on this, just a short pithy uh, Myers New Testament commentary. He says, Peter recognizes the scheme of Ananias as the work of the devil. So notice what he's equating with the work of the devil, the sin that he committed. Um. The sin that he committed, that uh, Ananias committed, right? Who was a liar from the beginning, right? He's what ultimately Ananias is, is guilty of is committing the sins like his father, like the like 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 the devil. And that's what uh, Peter is actually equating with. They both lying, right? Uh, Satan is a liar. Ananias, instead of obeying God, submitting to the spirit, is working like Satan. He's acting like Satan. And so that's what it means to for for that. Um not that um you know not that he was uh, <laughs> a genuine born again Christian and then Satan filled his heart simultaneously with the spirit. Uh let's see. Alrighty. All right, so that was that question. Satan entered Judas. He was an apostle, but not a Christian. Question mark. And to this, I say yes. <laughs> um, he was he was an apostle, but no, he was not a Christian. Jesus makes that clear. Jesus makes that very clear. Someone asked, how much deliverance have you done, sir? Well, I thought deliverance was God's work, but... <laughs> But I'll answer your question later. 
I will answer your question later because I think uh, I'll answer your question um, later. Yeah. Uh, if you want to stick around for that answer, I will answer this. But Satan entered Judas. He was an apostle, not a Christian. I say yes, he was not a Christian. My evidence for this is where is it? where are you? Where are you, John chapter six? <laughs> John chapter six. Um, you know. Let me, let me start at verse 64. John 6, 64. Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Right? If you remember what happened, um, <laughs> someone said the Waterloo demon. <laughs> the gospel is deliverance. Yes, I will expound on that in a little bit. Thank you. Renew my ministries. Um, remember in John chapter 6, you have literally uh, Jesus preaching a very hard sermon to where th literally thousands of people say, yeah, we don't want we don't want none of this Christ, <laughs> right? They said that, like, it's, the sayings are too hard, right? They were grumbling, read verse 61. They grumbled about this, right? You see that? They they didn't like that. Ah, that oh, that's a good verse. John 8, 36, he who has a son sets free, is free indeed. No, is free, but still has a little devil, right? <laughs> but let me get to this point, right? Judas was not a Christian. Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know you that you are the Holy One of God. Look at Peter's profession. Right. Jesus answered him, did I not choose you the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. So Pete, uh, Judas, and just in case you're like, who is he talking about? He spoke of Judas. <laughs> right. Um. And he knew he was going to betray. Matter of fact, it was preordained for him to uh, betray Jesus. But that's another point for another day. We will read the quotation in Psalm and Jesus. Anyways, that's another point. Maybe another video for another time. Judas is categorically identified with the devil. Right? Because of his, because of his nature one and because of the work he was going to do. He's categorized as the devil. A devil. Um, and so, yeah, no, I do not believe Judas was a Christian. He was unrepentant. He betrayed Jesus, was unrepentant, sorrowful, but not repentant. Remember the scripture in Corinthians talks about there's a, there's a, or there's a repentance of the world that leads to just sorrow or, or, or like just feeling bad, worldly sorrow. But then there's one that leads to repentance Excuse me for that verse. I, I I don't know it at at this time, but I know I know that's what it says. Yes, he he did not repent unto godly remorse, but to death he killed himself. And so, um, yeah, that is my position. Yeah, that he was not a Christian. Do you have one Bible instant where demons left when someone got saved? Well, I would argue he has no one Bible inference. Where demons stayed when someone got saved. So, again, it's question begging. He question begs. Yeah, I've already answered that. It seems like you just are repeating what um, <laughs> Isaiah is, is stating. Why can't they cast demons out? I, I don't see the issue. Unbelievers need their demons cast out as well. Makes perfectly sense. 
according to Matthew 12, before the spirit resides in them, they have to get their demons cast out. So I, I see no issue with that. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Yep, yep, yep. Alrighty. He says, do you have any scripture to show deliverance is not for born again believers? So this is where I, um, this is where I, um, want to show the equivocation with deliverance and casting out demons. Notice he's assuming, remember, this is supposed to be an argument for how Christians can get demons. I want to share with you guys something on my screen here. Um, because I do believe de deliverance is for born again believers, but <laughs> no, no, hey, he's fine. You know, he's not being disrespectful, so we'll, we'll, you know, he can disagree. I mean, I disagree with him, right? Uh, I'm not one of those channels that you know, you know, block you the first time you disagree. As long as you're being respectful, man, you could pretty much say whatever you want here on this, you know, podcast. You know, mods. You know, we allow a liberty of disagreement. <laughs> So as long as they're not being respectful, talking about my wife, just cussing, hey, they're cool. You know, um, not just spamming the chat, right? You know, th that's not to say you can't ask a lot of questions, but yeah, I feel I'm okay with people disagreeing. Um, so notice question, do you have any scripture to show deliverance is not for born again believers? I want to argue, I want to make an argument that the way deliverance is being used by charismatic circles is not the normative means or use of the word, right? The word for deliverance does not mean casting out demons in the Bible. Let me show you this. Let me show you the, the, the uses uh, found in scripture, okay? The word for deliverance um, in scripture is... This word right here. Can you see this? Here, this is the uh the literate the literation of it. Right here. Soteria. Right here. Soteria. It's the noun, feminine, part of speech. If you want to know the phonetic spelling, soteria, right? Which means deliverance, salvation. Okay. But notice, I want to show you something. How the NSB translators normally translate the word soteria. Look at this. The overwhelming use of the word soteria is salvation. Right? Salvation. So if it's used 45 times, right? 42 right here. Salvation, preservation, deliverance. Um, the overwhelming use of that word is speaking about salvation. So is, is deliverance salvation for born again believers? You better believe it is. We proclaim a message, you know, that saves sinners. So the overwhelming use, oh, sorry, I was actually uh, blocking that out. Sorry. Now you can see that uh, the overwhelming majority use is salvation 42 times as opposed to other uses right just 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 look at this just look at it right <laughs> so can it refer to getting demons cast out i mean well sure i would call that salvation in one sense right it would be deliverance in one sense 
But the overwhelming uses of salvation is in the context of justification, being rescued from your sins. So I want that's my, my argument is that charismatics like um, Isaiah Salvador are not actually using this word to its normative use. That is my position. Alrighty, moving it on. If deliverance isn't for believers, wouldn't the demons come back seven times worse? Well, this again is assuming believers can get the demon. So which I reject, which I reject. That's your position that they can get a demon. And a matter of fact, can get it seven times worse. I don't believe they can get a demon. Anyway, you have the spirit of God in you. How are they sharing the same hotel? They're sharing the spirit of God and demons sharing the same temple. Siri tried to uh, come on when I said that. Uh, that's that's absurd to me. That's absurd. Next question. Oh, wait, that's the one we just answered. If you don't cast demons out of believers, who do you do deliverance on? Yes, Lindsay, you are spot on. Sins don't equal demons. Yes, yeah, stated that earlier. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you don't cast out demons out of believer, who do you do deliverance on? Well, unbelievers exist. Hello. Uh, there's a world filled of, of pagans, unregenerate people. Who do you do deliverance on? Even if he means casting out, which I would say that's still not the normative use of the word. Even if you want to go with that, there's a world filled of unregenerate people. <laughs> you can't find unbelievers. <laughs> Maybe you should get out of your circles. Maybe you should get out of your charismatic echo chamber. Do some street preaching. I, I don't know. There's plenty of unbelievers. Let's see. Uh, right. The answer is obvious. Right. It's like, do you really want me to answer the question? Uh, why do you think it's okay to pick and choose which of Jesus' commands we obey? Well, I don't. But you're again, you're assuming your conclusion. You know, I can make a doctrine based off observation. I should say, hey, Jesus walked on water. Everybody should walk on water as well. And then when you say, well, I don't think we should, I'm like, why are you picking and choosing which commands you obey? That's absurd. Jesus never told us to cast demons out of Christians. Never. Even if you want to be open to the charismania gifts, that's fine. Yeah, Marquette. Blame everything on demons. Lack of accountability. Absolutely. See, when you don't have an answer, you have to appeal to mystery. Absurd to you because you don't know or understand the mystery. Despite the normative use of the word deliverance, Colossians 1.13. Um, well, let's go to Colossians 1.13 and see what that verse is actually saying. I am a big fan of when someone is Telling you something, what the Bible says, you you you, you go to that verse. But notice the appeal to uh, uh, sorry, appeal to mystery. He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. This is actually a great verse to show Christians don't have demons anymore. <laughs> this is a great verse. Thank you. Notice it's delivered past tense, not we're still being delivered. You, matter of fact, you don't believe that if Christians can have demons. Because you would have to say we're not delivered from the domain of darkness since you have darkness literally in you. So 
that verse doesn't uh point to your 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 and 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 how did he deliver us? Matter of fact, let me uh, how did he deliver us? How did Jesus deliver us? Yeah, by his beloved son. Notice, notice what it says. Uh, hold on. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The very thing I'm appealing to about uh, deliverance being primarily about forgiveness of sins, salvation. That, that text does not help you. It proves what I've been saying. Yeah, great verse, great verse. Great verse. Thank you. I appreciate your help. <laughs> um, let's see. Next, next, uh, next, next, uh, question. Next question. Uh, question 18. We, we are making our way through this. We're almost done. We are almost done. 18, 18. Why don't you accept the testimony of Christians who say they were delivered after they were saved? Well, the same reason I don't accept the testimony of people who say they're homosexual and Christian because the Bible rejects it. I am not I am not subject to believe someone who contradicts the word of God. Right. Hey, I'm a Christian. I live. Hey, my life's the same. No, I, I sanctification. No, I ain't being sanctified. I live the same way I did when I was a, when I was an unbeliever. I don't accept their testimony. Why? Because it contradicts the word of God. The word of God is my standard, not your testimony. So I, I, I am not subject to every fool who contradicts the Bible, who say they're Christian and God told me this. I, God told me I'm not subject to that. I don't have to believe them. Why? Because the Bible told me so. The word is my the more sure word is my standard and authority, not you. So that's why. Sorry, I'm not getting mad at the question. I'm just, sorry, I'm passionate. I'm passionate. So yeah, I'm not subject to every fool who goes around calling himself a Christian contradicting the Bible. You know how many fools there are? That even Isaiah wouldn't accept, I'm sure. That's right, Kevin. Make an experience more authoritative than scripture. That's right. That's ultimately what that does. Um, Let's see. Can you give one verse showing how deliverance changes after Pentecost? Well, this is assume your conclusion. I don't accept Christians ever got demons. So before Pentecost or after Pentecost. So you have to show that. Um, when did demons from your unsaved life ever came, uh, come out? Well, I don't believe I was ever demon possessed. Uh, Art Shannon says Christians can carry demons. <laughs> That's a full load with the Holy Spirit as well on your back. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't believe I personally ever had a demon. Now, I was, as the Bible says, um, carried away by my own lust. Um, matter of fact, let me let me get to some verses about that. Ephesians, what, uh, Ephesians. Oh, I, I'll get to that verse next. I'll get to that verse next. But yeah, I, I don't believe personally I had a demon. What I was was unregenerate. <laughs> I was unsaved, unconverted. I didn't need a demon to 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 get right with to sin. I was the problem, right? <laughs> so many, like I said, the charismatic man. Everything's the demon, devil's fault. All right, 
21. Can you show in the Greek language the difference between oppression, oppressed and possessed? Well, one, it's one of observation. Um, clearly, demons attack believers, attack Christians, but they're never stated to be indwelt with a demon. I, I, I don't believe the Bible ever says that. Man, there's a lot of great comments. Keep them coming, guys. Keep them, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah. So David needed deliverance. Yeah, I agree. If I get Fiji, hundred people, only forty-eight likes. Like the video right now if you're liking the comment. Hey, even if you're not, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, can you show one place a demon was only on someone and not in someone? Did Jesus ever cast demons off people? Well, I don't. Um, I don't accept the question. Uh, I, I never said Jesus was uh, a devil was on someone either, but they are clearly attacking them. Good, good stuff, Lindsay Avatala. You don't need a demon to sin. It's our default setting. Humans aren't good by nature. Absolutely, there's no one good, not one. Right? That's what the Bible says. Um, let me see. Man, because there was something that made, yeah, because it's almost that that Isaiah has a a theology of, well, if you don't get people demon possessed, then they'll always sin. <clears throat> Let me make an announcement. You'll always sin without, with or without a demon, as an unbeliever. You don't need assistance from the devil. Nor does the devil have to get inside you. Get as sister said, that's your default na nature. Let me, let me, uh, let me uh, actually go to a verse that shows. And and nor does Satan need to indwell you to influence you. Notice this verse, um, Ephesians. Where, where is it at? Yeah, Ephesians two. Notice what it says about Satan. Be, listen closely, guys. Don't don't check out if you have. I'm sorry if you have. Don't check out. Notice what it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Can we say amen to that? This was formerly true, not anymore. Right? Right? Um, following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. Notice this. Satan, and, and don't think air like... <laughs> It's, it's literally the world, right? It's literally Satan is at, at work in the, in the realm. He doesn't have to be in you to influence you. Notice how, how, notice how he is at work. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So Satan is literally at work by the disobedience. You following your own sinfulness. The Bible says, that actually is the spirit, demonic spirit at work. Do you believe that? Or do you believe someone has to, Satan has to get into you before that's called the spirit of disobedience? I believe what this is saying, right? Notice what it says too. Among, right? Notice the spirit at work, spirit at work, demonic spirit, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the devil. Wait, oh no, no, wait. That's not what it says. The body, the mind, and by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy. That's that's where we go in the gospel presentation mode right there. 
right? But God. See, you don't need to blame the devil for it. The devil didn't make you do it. Now you have been delivered. You've been made alive with Christ, not with Christ and Satan. Right? Not with Christ and Satan. You don't have the devil in you if you're a Christian. You've been made alive by Christ. Man, that'll preach. Man, if that whew, if that don't get you going, man, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't have the spirit. <laughs> Maybe you do got a demon. I don't know. Uh, um, notice what this says. Notice what this says. Satan is at work. I, I, oh, yeah, 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 hold on, I got you, I got you, <laughs> you know who saved us, do you know who saved us, God did, God did, God did, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's notice what first Peter five says, start at verse seven, casting all your anxieties on him, but he cares, because he cares for you, man, isn't that a comforting verse, you ever sometimes feel like no one cares, God cares, <laughs> right? God cares. He cares. He's 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 concerned about those little things in your life. The big things in your life, your sanctification. He's concerned. He cares. He's concerned about that anxiety and the depression you have. Anyway, sorry. Just trying to encourage Christians as well. Be sober minded. And this does not mean just from alcohol. Notice what the sober mind is. I believe it's a parallel. Be watchful. Right? Drunk people aren't watchful. That, that is a parallel as far as like how you should be. You should be spiritually on guard. You ever seen someone in the military watching a post? Oh, who's doing a good job, obviously. Right? They are watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around man you ever seen a lion on the hunt man they're good they're sneaky they come out of nowhere to those who weren't watchful right right to those who are not watchful when you fall into temptation and sin it's because you were not watchful but the person watchful is like i saw that coming a mile away right that's convicting he rolls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Wait, resist him? I thought he was already in some of us. <laughs> no, resist him, firming your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Not demonic possession by Christians, but being attacked by Satan or demonic influences. Man, this is good. This is good. Christians, be encouraged that a demon cannot possess you. They can attack you. But ultimately, remember what remember what Jesus said to Peter as he was being sifted as as Jesus said? Jesus says to Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. I pray for you. If you're a Christian, whew, the prayers of Jesus is what you should covet. 
and should be encouraging that right now, right now at this very moment while we're doing this video, Jesus is praying for you. Man, that's, that is encouraging. You don't understand the law of physics concerning <laughs> unclean spirits, how they can dwell in human tissue in the skull cavity and chest cavity and abdominal cavity. What? St. Westbrook got to make an appearance. What? What? Bro, what are you talking about, what, man? What are you? Show me that in the Bible, that Satan is in our, our breast cavity, our chest cavity, nasal cavity. Nowhere in the Bible teach that. Anyways. Next question. Goodness. Uh, let's see. All right. Can you show me one place in scripture that casting out demons was only for the apostles? Again, the real issue is that he's saying Christians can get demons, which I reject. Again, that's a presupposition to question. Um, Mark 16 says, all who believe will cast out demons. Does this verse no longer apply to us? And if so, where does the Bible say that no longer applies? Chest, not breast. Well, I'm using that word breast. <laughs> Even men have breasts. We just don't have female breast parts. But <laughs> yeah, tooth cavity. What What else? Anyways. Um. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's a little humor to it, but seriousness as well. So let me let me get back. Let me get back to Isaiah's questions about Mark 16. Um, Right, because. Charismatics love this verse. Mark 16, Mark 16, Mark 16, right? Marcus Rogers. Um, Marcus Rogers loves Mark 16, but I, I, I don't know if you guys remember. This is what I stated in my last uh, episode and on Mark 16. Is some of the earliest manuscripts do not include 16, 9 through 20. Now, you have a couple choices. And how you react to this, right? You can ignore the evidence and just say, ah, I'm just going to believe it's God's word, even though it was not early in his manuscript, right? Or you can say what, or what many people do, they say, well, I can't believe God's word, right? Just because there's textual variance. That's what the immature response is to both of those. Both of those are immature responses. The grown-up response is to say, hmm, Okay, this was not early. Well, I should not consider this uh, scripture. I believe, you know, that that is my issue. I do not believe Mark 16, 9 through 20 uh, should be recognized as scripture because, because um, it does not exist in the earliest manuscripts. Now, this would be absurd if I wrote something down in the Bible today and say, you guys should follow that. People would get it, right? People would obviously get the, uh, you know, that, well, okay, you can't just add anything to the Bible. Well, of course not. That's why <laughs> Mark 16, 9 through 20 should not be considered biblical, Bible. Um, but notice, notice actually what the text says. <laughs> I actually argue, uh, uh, charismatics are not very consistent with this verse because <laughs> notice what it says. It does not just say signs will follow them. Notice what it says, what kinds of signs. But even then, it doesn't say that um, they'll cast out demons out of Christians. Let's make that very clear. 
They'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. I don't see many charismatics doing that. Uh, I know there's crazy Pentecostals who did that. I, I don't know if you guys saw that story where the guy he's picking out, picking up a um, snake and it like bites him like in the neck. And the dude's like, yeah, I'm gonna live. And like the next scene is him like falling over dying. <laughs> right? And if they drink any deadly poison, Oh, grace and peace to you, brother. Brandon with the $10 super chat. God bless you, man. God bless you, bro. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. I don't think anybody wants uh, to take the true prophet test. They will lay ha their hands on the sick and they will recover. Um. Well, Okay. Notice it says they will lay their hands on this and they will recover. So if you believe this text is authentic, I challenge you right now to go down to the children's hospital wing in your local city and lay hands on those sick and we should see them recover. Every one of them, since you have the gift, apparently. These guys don't do this. You know where they always do their healings? <laughs> in this in the uh in the in the uh on stage. On stage. Grace and peace to you, Mary Williams. Hey, we got the same last name, so you know I got a shout out to my sister. <laughs> Keep preaching the truth, Chris. Thank you. God bless. They're always in their wing of their, of the, not the hospital, but their, uh, uh, their sanctuary. There's something in a, in psychology where it's a placebo effect, right? To where, how am I being facetious? I'm, I'm not being facetious. I'm explaining my own beliefs. How am I being facetious? Anyways, I've seen this happen, right? I've seen this happen in many charismatic circles, right? They come through a sensational event, right? They they get he they get healed miraculously, right? They get healed miraculously, right? Someone heals them their back problem, and they're like, "Whoa, I feel great." And the next morning they wake up hurting 10 times worse than it does. That happens a lot in charismatic events. They don't follow these people past that day, right? Past that day. Thank you, Matthew, for the super chat as well. Sheba dog writing with a brush and writing number one on a piece of paper. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> And, and, and yes, it's, it's, as my wife said, it's okay to pray for healing. God can be caught. God can heal. The issue is God is not guaranteed for everyone to get healed. If that's the case, every Christian would be healed. But guess what? God is called oftentimes for Christians to suffer. Yeah, I know that is not popular in our American Westernized context, right? Where we think, right? Um, we, we have the American dream. But guess what? We're, and I think we're seeing a lot of this now. We're going to see more of it. Where. God's. The, the persecuted church man outside of America has suffered greatly. You look at the underground church in America. Has suffered greatly. And you have charlatans in America teaching people they don't have enough faith. That's despicable. That that's saddening. It's it's disturbing, quite honestly. It's disturbing to tell them, well, they're not a real Christian because the sign gifts don't follow them. 
they're up there being persecuted um, by the government, being put to death, and yet we're telling them, we, <laughs> uh, American heretical garbage coming from imported into other countries, telling them they don't have enough faith. Um, important question for me do charismatic use the word revival to create it their church i'm not sure i understand the question apologist tony uh, maybe you can clarify for me i want to answer your question cornerstone project says i didn't get your answer on on who do you cast demons out of or how much deliverance have you done well notice i i made the distinction between deliverance is ultimately gospel ministry Proclaiming the gospel. Now, have people gotten saved through my preaching? I, I have no clue. Nor nor would I ever want to count that. Why? Because salvation is of the Lord anyway. Has the Lord used my preaching? I hope so. I hope so. The Lord knows. God knows. So, not all Americans are heretical. Well, <laughs> obviously not. I'm an American. <laughs> so, hopefully you didn't think I was saying that. So, yes, that's how I will respond to Mark 16. Um, uh, let's see. Yes, yes, yes. The only method in Scripture of getting demons out of people was casting them out. If we are not supposed to do that today, what is the method according to Scripture to get demons out of people? Well, again, assuming a conclusion um, of... Christians can get demons. I don't accept your conclusion. So you haven't casted demons out of anyone. Nope, I have not. The Bible tells me to resist demons and devils. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe so. I'm a Christian. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. I think, you, are you, have I heard of the Cornerstone Project? I have not. I have not heard of that. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let these guys try to get you in this condemning mindset of only certain Christians have the uh, spirit to a more certain degree or they're more anointed. Every Christian's anointed. Every Christian has the spirit. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, resist the devil and he will flee. Yep. So there is the 25 question challenge for um, Isaiah or from Isaiah Saldivar. Um, do you believe in the gifts of the spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Love is a good for the spirit. Of course, I believe in the gifts of the spirit. <laughs> uh, service is a, is a gift of the spirit. Of course, I believe in the gifts of the spirit. Do I believe in the apostolic continuation of every uh, gift of the Spirit? No, I do not. No, I do not. Because one of the uh, gifts of the Spirit that the uh, that I can clearly prove that this should not even be debatable, <laughs> that works only for the apostles, is scripture writing. Right? Only the apostles um, gave, wrote scripture or under their penmanship or their authority clearly scripture is not being written still today so in that sense everyone's cessationist when it comes to the continuation of scripture 
So, so yes. Uh, sorry if you don't understand what I mean. Is that if the charismatic has spread and got out into the world, as Jesus said, like touring, do they use the word revival in their marriage ministry? Yeah, they use revival, but they don't use the word revival. They, I think they would use the... I'll, I'll just say, yes, they do use the word revival. I think oftentimes what that meant is different. Is different. Do you function in any of the gifts of the Spirit according to 1 Corinthians 12? Yes, yes, of course. Of course I do. Let me clearly state some of those I believe I have. Let me just state... Um, Um, one of those is wisdom that's mentioned <laughs> uh, service um, let's see knowledge um, so yeah yeah of course I operate in some of those love is a fruit yeah love is a fruit of what the spirit amen amen it's a gift as well Kato practices the fruit of long suffering on every live. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, scripture writing wasn't a gift. Okay. I guess the scripture we have isn't a gift. All right. All righty. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, people asking questions that have never been asked before 1906. Yeah. You know, it's really, really, I attribute a lot. I know people said the Azusa, but a lot of this can be attributed back to, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire? Yes, every Christian has. <laughs> every Christian has been uh, baptized with the Spirit and fire. Um, a lot of this has, goes back to the Second Great Awakening. What was the Second Great, Great Awakening? Well, Obviously, if there's a second great awakening, that means there was a first great awakening. Obviously, right? Who contributed to the first great awakening? Men like Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Whitfield, uh, John Wesley, um, etc., etc. Really was a explosion of gospel preaching which contributed to men and women being saved by the thousands. Literally. Explosion of preaching in America when the colonies first arrived and things like that. Second Great Awakening comes on. Who led one of the Second Great Awakening? Men like Charles Finney. Charles Finney was a, um, what many have attributed back to what is known as decisional regeneration. What is decisional regeneration? Where you see this a lot, right? This repeat after me prayer, right? Um, heavily rooted in Pelagian thought that man is basically good and does not need the assistance of the spirit. To be saved, right? That's something they possess on their own. That's what Charles Finney taught. And a lot of churches today are in the spirit of Charles Finney. Like I said, you see a lot of the sinner's prayer. See, all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me. And you, you're, you're right with God. Or some kind of formula or equation up to that, right? And yes, out of the Great Awakening rose a lot of charismatic movements. Even cults at the same time, rose out of those kind of circles. And so uh, I think a lot of this can be attributed back to the Second Great Awakening. Uh, if you want, 
just man some good books on does this get into it no this doesn't go that far uh i know i have some books on it hold on let's see where are you where's my other church history book i know it's justo gonzalez where are you buddy ah yeah no this doesn't get into it either I don't I don't know which one I which one I did. Oh man. I... I know I have a book here somewhere that really documents and gets into some of the um um charismania, you know, and the origins and stuff like that. So So yeah, hope you hope you all enjoy this. Uh yeah yeah yeah. A lot, of, a lot of good comments, man. We'll have to do something soon. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to do something soon. Yo, 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 yo. I do not hold. Uh, uh, so, I, no, I don't, I don't think all who hold to it are Pelagian. Obviously, there's differences. You know, there's semi-pelagianism and things like that and so there are distinctions even in between those uh, views of free will and so maybe we'll talk about that sometime <laughs> but hopefully you, you you all enjoyed uh you know this um this live today answering those 25 questions like i said i would like to have a dialogue with isaiah or uh well tried to do one with pagani but he pretty much said no i'll never talk to you till we get to heaven <laughs> so okay uh that's all right um, but yeah, if you like the video, if you like the video, like it, right? Subscribe to the channel as well. Y'all know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace, y'all. Hey, y'all, grace and peace. Hey, till the next time, y'all, grace and peace.